Okay. Um, okay, so today I'll be talking about something very personal and very special of how God took me at my worst and he transformed my life for the better. Um, so let me start with asking a question. Uh, for those that were here last week, do you guys remember what pastor asked us? Any takers? No? <laughs> okay. Um, so for those that weren't here or for those that's your first time today, welcome to our church. Um, so pastor asked us, have you ever woken up in a place and you had no idea where you were? And when he said this, I kind of laughed inside. I thought, wow, that was totally me. Um, so what ended up happening was I woke up in a hospital. I had no idea where I was. My friend was beside me crying, and it dawned on me that I overdosed on drugs. Um, so I just want to tell you a little bit of background, details about me of where my initial faith was. Um, like many of our EM family, I grew up as a Seventh-day Adventist. Um, my mom grew up as a Seventh-day Adventist, and so did her extended family. Um, my dad is non-religious, but um, it didn't affect me too much just because I was a very independent thinker. Um, so I faithfully went to church, and I followed my mom's teachings, and um, I went with my siblings. Honestly, I was just really good at going to church. Um, I didn't really go there for God. Um, I went for my church friends. So every single Saturday, I would just look looking. I was looking forward to going to church because oh, I get to see my friends. Um, some of you guys went to private schools, but I went to public school, so it was a little different. Um, my church friends and I, we were very diligent with keeping the Sabbath holy. Um, and this may sound very familiar to you guys. Um, we would know like all the hours of the sunsets for all the seasons of the year. Does that sound familiar? I might be exaggerating a little bit. But in hindsight, this practice encouraged us to have very creative and inventive um, thinking. So we would impatiently wait for the sun to go down, and then we would resume um, watching TV, going to the movies, going shopping. Um, like I said, God wasn't in the picture. So during my primary and early teen years, uh, God, was, uh, God was my Saturday weekly habits that I acquired um, by constantly going to church. And occasionally, I would experience highs and lows. Um, I went to junior Kayam, I went to high school Kayam, I always went to West Coast camp meeting, um, but honestly, because I didn't have a strong foundation, uh, it w that feeling would only last during that time that I was there. So for the next 10 plus years of my life, I just went to church for friends and myself and fun. Like they say, old habits die really hard. I selfishly reached out to God on my own terms. I rarely prayed or I read the Bible. Why? Uh, there are three main reasons. So one, I feared that um, God coming was something that I wouldn't be ready for 
Because um, ever since we were little, our parents would tell us, like, oh, you have to be prepared. Um, you have to know the, you have to know, like, exactly, like, your faith. Um, we don't know the hour, the day, the minute um, of when God is going to come. So, honestly, that was really scary for me, um, realizing that I might be persecuted for my beliefs. Um, so, I... This is, the, this is the image that would be popping up in my head. So like if there was a person and he had a gun and he said to another person, do you believe in your God? And that person would say, yes. So boom, that person is shot, right? So just like the fact that you might die because of your faith was very scary for me. Um, two, I didn't want to be disappointed. I felt like if I prayed to God and I didn't get my prayer answered, then I would be very disappointed. So I didn't even try. Um, and three, I couldn't trust in God because I felt like he wasn't there. Um, our society, uh, we're very, um, we focus on the physicality of things. So, uh, sorry. Uh, um, so, you know the saying, um, seeing is believing, I followed that to a T. So that's the three reasons why I didn't um, believe in God. And my needs came first, and God's will was last. For a long time, I was only concerned with myself, my family, and friends. I was going through so much that I just felt like I didn't have room for God in my life. Um, if anything, he was the last resort. And um, if things got really bad, that's the only time that I would turn to him. And for me, the worst did happen. I stopped going to church altogether, and I regrettably made the stupidest decision of my life. OK, so it all happened four years ago. Um, I actually used to go to this church since I was 11 years old. Um, due to family business, I moved to LA for two years, but then I came back by myself because I needed to escape from uh, the toxic living environment that I was in. So I was independently living um, on my own. My sister was here, so that was nice. Um, I got a new job. Uh, and then I was honestly really liking the independent lifestyle. I loved my job, my coworkers, my new friends, my new life outside of church. I especially liked my social life. The fact that I could have so much fun and no one would judge me. Um, like this generation loves to say, work hard, play hard. I wanted to see the extent of how much fun I could experience by trying different things, by going through um, different experiences. But through those, I committed a lot of sinful things that I'm ashamed to say. In particular, like I said, drugs. Um, and everyone that was around me, so most of the people that worked in restaurant and food industries, uh, they would get really stressed out by um, their customers and by their managers. So the way that they would kind of uh, release that is by either relying on all um, relying on drugs and um, 
Yeah, because everyone was taking these drugs, I felt like, oh, I kind of want to fit in. Um, because I was honestly always the goody two-shoes. Like, I, I would follow a lot of rules. And even at um, work, I was known as the very nice and innocent one. And I didn't want to be that anymore. So I ended up trying out the drug actually on two occasions. Um, kids, don't give in to peer pressure like I did. Uh, the first time I took it was at a music festival. My coworker um, gave me a quarter portion of the drug. Uh, pretty soon, after like 30 or 45 minutes afterwards, I started feeling really good, and all this positive energy was whirling inside of me, and I was having so much fun. Even as I was witnessing a girl being dashed out of the music festival, and a fleeting thought crossed my mind, oh, she must have overdosed on drugs. But I'm having fun, so I don't really care. Um, so I woke up the next day, and I was completely back to normal. I thought, wow, this is fun. I want to try this again. And I did. And this time, though, it was just like any other work night. Uh, me and my coworker, we got off work at the same time. Uh, we were so mad at my manager that we decided that we're going to pop the pill. So pop the pill is a slang for taking the drugs. So I took, this time, a whole portion of the drug. I thought, I should be fine. I've done this before. And other people have taken the drug before, so I'll be OK. However, after 30 minutes, the drug took control of my body. And instead of feeling good, I started to feel very frantic. My vision, it would flicker from black to white to color. Um, and I felt like my body organs were being sucked dry from the inside. I didn't know what to do. I never had this experience. So because it felt like they were being sucked dry, I drank one gallon of water in one sitting. And I thought that I could fix that terrible feeling by doing that, but my body said, oh no. And then it rejected all the food, and I ended up throwing it back all up onto my apartment carpet. And the feeling just kept escalating and escalating, and I felt like I was being consumed by darkness. Um, and I couldn't shake it off. And then I realized that I did something irreversible, that I might actually die. Um, I did everything to negate the feeling. I watched funny videos. I even thought like, oh, I didn't really eat much uh, today. Maybe I just need to scarf down like a whole bunch of food. And having my coworker reassure me that everything was going to be OK was something that I thought too, but nothing worked. And it was as if I was watching a horror movie and just witnessing everything. Um, my mind, honestly, was clear. Like, I could just see everything. But it's just my body was um, going all over the place. So as I was about to give up hope, I offered a prayer inside my mind, begging God to save me from death. And then I blacked out. So blacked out meaning I passed out. So my boyfriend's friend came straight to the apartment. And according to them, so my friend was on drugs, but her boyfriend was sober. According to them, I had a couple seizures. My face turned cold and blue. He had to perform CPR on me as a first aid response. And my friend already called 911 by the time. And then I was rushed to the ambulance to the emergency room. 
To this day, I don't really remember exactly what happened that night. Um, but I do remember a vivid dream um, that I had because it seemed so real to me. So in this dream, uh, it was a white room. I was standing alone in a maze. Uh, there was no sound, just creepy silence. And I felt like if I didn't get out of there, then I would die. So I knew that time was ticking and I needed to escape. I went right. I went left, I went forward, I went backwards. I went all directions, but I couldn't find the exit. And every single time I would move forward, I would be back at my starting point. I felt hopeless, and it felt never ending. And then I saw from the corner of my eye a glimmering light. I pursued that light like how a baby chick follows his mom. And that's when I finally reached the exit. Uh, okay, so I woke up after I reached the exit, and my friend was there beside me crying. And then when she saw me woke up, she was like, oh my gosh. And then as soon as I got up, she hugged me, and she was just bawling. And she was saying, I almost lost you. I don't know, you don't know how re relieved I feel. Like, I will never do drugs again, not after what happened to you. I was still out of it, so I really couldn't say a word. I just kept thinking in my mind, like the what ifs. What if I was still stuck in the maze of the dream? What if I couldn't find my way out? What if there was no light to guide me out? My hopeless feeling turned into immense relief and joy. I realized that God had answered my prayer. I had a strong feeling that glimmering light was God staying with me and leading me to the right path. I truly believe that God communicated with me through this disaster of a situation and gave me a huge wake-up call. He was teaching me that life is a precious gift and that he has given, given to me. But even though I was the one that did this to myself, he's the one that pulled me out from this near-death experience and gave me life again. Just as he's done before, um, by giving his only beloved son to shoulder all our sins, and becoming the replacement of death that should have been ours to take. From this happening, I should have changed ways, and I should have become a devoted Christian. But I didn't. It actually took a lot longer for me to go back to church and put my faith and trust in God. Uh, from here on out, my life wasn't the same. And I want to say that things got better, but things just got much, much worse. Okay, so going back to the story. Um, I was instructed by the doctor to stay in the hospital for three days. Um, so what ended up happening is the sodium levels in my body, they depleted. So I was stuck on an IV to replenish those nutrients. Everything looked hazy. I felt like I was in a daze. I felt like even though I was there, I wasn't there. There was a time where... I needed to, I just remember, I needed to go to the bathroom, and I was on my uh, hospital bed. And there was a whiteboard right in front of me, plain to see, um, that, I, that I was immobile. see it there. But anyways, it says, up in chair for meals, out of bed with assistant. 
I thought, oh, that must be someone else, even though it clearly has my name on it, but they spelt my name with an H. So I thought, oh, that's someone else. I'm completely fine. And then I remember as I was trying to step out, <laughs> I stepped out of the hospital bed and I just tumbled over. I had no strength in my legs. I just tumbled over, tumbled over and I fell flat on my face. Okay, I just wanna tell you that I, before I had a very healthy body. Like I never broke any bones. The worst um, injury that I had was I sprained my wrist snowboarding, but nothing like that. And as I fell over, I just stayed there because I was in so much shock. I, I was in disbelief of what I had done. The nurse came rushing to assist me. She's like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be doing things on your own. And I stubbornly said, I'm fine. I kind of pushed her away. So for all the nurses, if you're here, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, I was just like so shocked. And a few days later, my sister came to discharge me from the hospital and I was escorted out of a wheelchair. I told my sister, please don't tell my parents. Like, please, please, like they don't need to know. They're gonna just be worried. So um, she didn't, but it was just between me and her. But after she tried to leave me, she was trying to drop me off at my apartment. And as she was leaving, I felt immense fear like that night. And I didn't know what it was. <sighs> and then I was completely fine, but I had this fear. So that's when my mental terror of anxiety started to take control of me. Um, I don't know if you remember, but James talked about depression and anxiety before. Um, personally, I wasn't clinically diagnosed, but I definitely had a lot of the symptoms. Um, I, and I have a video that I like to show all of you um, to give you a glimpse of what it's like to have anxiety. So, you want to know what happens when we get scared of being scared? Well, if I could, I'd stay in my house all day because I keep thinking what happens if I get a panic attack in public, going to the shop or the pharmacy is torture. So I plan ahead, I think about ways to escape. When I stand in line, I stop thinking about how everything can go wrong. Unknown places paralyze me because I don't have an emergency plan for those. I hate crowds. Parties, festivals, theatres. I used to love these, but now it's out of the question. I hate buses playing with the tube because there's no easy way you can escape. I don't meet a lot of new people, partly because I'm scared. Partly because it's hard to meet someone new when you just stay in your bed all day. I think too much. I think ahead. I think behind. I think sideways. If it exists, I thought of it. And it's not like I can just quit and choose not to have anxiety. It's not just simple worrying. 
but there comes a time when you just have to leave the house, otherwise you'll starve to death and you probably have someone you really care about, so you have to make an effort. So I walk out the door, my routine is very simple, I pass the suburbs, pass the woods, I can almost see the place where I'm heading, and then it kicks in. I feel the street tilting, the road is so great, it's going to burn my eyes out, I'm probably going to fly out into space because I can't feel my feet on the ground. A million thoughts pass through my mind. No, I've been through this before. Right. Can they see me? I'm going to have a call an ambulance. I can't breathe. I'm going to pass out. This time I was lucky. I made it through. And pretty much no one knows. I don't want to show my weaknesses because I don't want them to judge me. They'll say I'm whining or being dramatic anyway. So it's just easier to hide it. People don't realize how often I just lie in my bed, crying and shaking without any particular reason. They don't know how many great opportunities or even simple daily activities I have to say no to because this thing completely paralyzes me. All they see is someone who indulges in self-pity. They think I'm lazy or rude. That's why I didn't go out with them. Yet again. No. Actually, I was lying on my bathroom floor unable to move, completely exhausted after another panic attack. That's why I didn't come. All my plans for the future got lost somewhere along the way because how do you think about studying in a different city among complete strangers when you can't even go to the nearby shop? without thinking the whole world is going to cave in on you. And I think people just don't get it. Because we expect those with mental disorders to just walk around with no makeup on, and ragged clothes and dirty hair, looking like they are completely crazy. And the truth is, exactly the opposite. We try to hold on to what's left of our sanity by at least trying to look normal. And when you finally open up and you tell someone, people just tune out. Okay, so what the video showed you was my daily reality. Uh, I would wake up in a haze. I was in my room, but I feel like I wasn't in my room. Everything felt surreal to me. It felt like I was in a dream. If I had it my way, I would have stayed in the bed like she did, where I felt safe and secure. But no, I have obligations like work and school. 
I was afraid to go outside, especially just, you know, casually walking around. Um, for me, as I was walking the sidewalk, it felt like it was bunching up all together. And then as I'm watching, I'm just like, okay, it's all in my mind. I just have to convince myself it's all in my mind. So even in school, you know, you would have to sit in the classroom for a couple hours. Oh, for me, it was complete torture. Um, I would feel restless. I'd start scribbling in my notebook, writing, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. This feeling will pass, but this feeling was as, as if I was drowning in an invisible ocean. And then for work, I would stay super busy, so I didn't really have much time to think about it. But then when it was downtime, I started thinking about all the things that could possibly go wrong. And when I did start thinking, I felt trapped knowing that if I were to pass out, no one could even help me. I knew I couldn't help myself, but I still con continued to do so, and the fear and anxiety developed into panic attacks. So the panic attacks that she was um, describing to you guys, literally, you feel like you can't breathe. Your heart is beating rapidly. For me, it was uncontrollable shaking and crying as well. Um, just driving or just sitting in types of transportations like cars, buses, trains, airplanes, it would make me feel claustrophobic. And I would think over and over again that I need to overcome this fear. The fear of passing out and being completely alone. I avoided going out of my home and being alone, staying in dark places and places with dim lighting. Anything that reminded me of that night, I avoided like a plague. I depended on people physically being there. And for me, God, it's like he wasn't even there. So I didn't depend on him. And I didn't trust that he was there. So scared and paranoid, I kept blaming, guilt tripping, punishing myself, thinking that I deserved to be miserable. For the thing that I did to myself, like this is how God is punishing me until I was shown God's grace yet again. Um, my good friend Jasmine, sorry I had to pinpoint you, uh, would per periodically check up on me during my hiatus from church. Uh, she invited me to come out to our weekly um, small groups on Wednesday, uh, our young adult group. Uh, I was really hesitant actually. Um, that would require me to drive 50 minutes to her house. And for me, just being in the car for more than 15 minutes was already so much for me. As I was driving there, I kept telling myself, I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, but yeah, the feeling started creeping up and like I felt like I was gonna pass out. So the way that I would deal with um, my anxiety is, uh, so the doctor, so I ended up going to the doctor because I just wanted to see if I was okay. Um, after uh, staying in the hospital. So she told me that I need to work with my five senses. So smell, hear, touch, taste, um, hear. So I would, do, I would do all that, but like sometimes I would feel like even though I'm doing all this, like, not, like I feel like it's not helping. So I honestly just got to Jasmine's, I was just 
glad that I made it and I didn't pass out or anything. Um, right when I saw Jasmine, I was so happy. I was so happy to see her and other familiar faces. Uh, we started our Bible study session, and then during the discussions, I felt like all my worries melted away. Words cannot fully and accurately describe the immense peace I felt that night. Um, if you were to put uh, happiness, peace, love, joy, all combined into one feeling, that was the kind of feeling that I had. And I felt like for a long time, I wasn't happy. And I forgot that I could be happy from the bottom of my heart. From then on, I made Wednesday Bible studies a priority and I came out every week to our YAM group. I believe that I was shown God's grace and his unconditional love through these Bible studies. And through these Bible studies, I learned that I can, you know, create a relationship with God and I can trust him. Um, so it's been a little bit over a year now, and I'm happy to say that I am a regular church member and I am actively participating in our English ministry. Um, I decided that um, I will or not I will, I am practicing personal devotions, and I'm praying and spending quality time with God. Um, I'm going to our YAM Bible studies, I'm helping out with the Homeless Haircut Ministry, and I'm creating a strong foundation, what I told you in the beginning, with my relationship with God. And really, God is so good. Everything that I told you um, about the panic attacks and anxiety, it's like slowly starting to get better. It's not something that really changes overnight. It's a process. Um, so do you remember the three reasons that I listed in the beginning? So that fear that once controlled me, it became my reason to rely on God. And that's not a bad thing. Like we need, I feel like we need to rely on God. And the disappointment, it changed to satisfaction uh, with God filling my heart. And as I continued to create a relationship, the more and more I felt like he was there. He was evidently working in my life. So um, I will give a challenge to all of you, kind of like what Pastor does, um, especially our young adult. Uh, try for a week to talk and spend time with God in everything you do. If you want to do this challenge longer, that is great. Um, Really, I believe that once you do this, God will reveal himself in ways that you couldn't even imagine possible, just like he did for me. So really, ask yourselves, how has God been working in your life? And if you haven't seen it yet, have you tried addressing your personal issues with God? I wholeheartedly believe we need reminders, but not just reminders, but we actively need to start doing God's work. Um, it's not something that we should wait for, like, oh, I'm going to wait until I feel like um, doing God's work. No, ask God to give you that heart of wanting to do God's work. Um, honestly, I will be honest, putting God as a priority is a constant struggle. It's an ongoing struggle. But now I know that God is with me, and all I have to do is ask for his help and his trust. Um, the scripture reading 
that Joanne show you. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So if you look at this scripture, you can see that it's not a passive voice, it's an active voice, and it's actually actions. Ask, seek, and knock. God is literally telling us how to build a relationship with him. So instead of just asking, asking God, I think it's best to do these three things. At least it worked for me. Um, and also, through doing this, you could build your faith and your trust in God. I also want to share another scripture with you um, that will give you comfort, as it honestly gives me comfort. So Proverbs 3.5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. When I hear this, I think I'm not alone. I'm not alone, and I shouldn't be relying only on myself, that God is there with me, that he's there for me, and I don't have anything to worry about. As long as I trust in him, everything will be all right. Not all the time, but yes, everything will be good. <laughs> um, and that is it. Thank you for listening.